we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,189 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, just kind of, I'm kind of uh, in a, like a, a rut. Uh, not necessarily. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to uh, quantify my my mental state when it comes to the stuff that's going on right now in the world as a whole. And it's just kind of, uh, well, if you've been around long enough to understand the phrase wire brush, that's kind of my. That's kind of where I'm at. You're starting it off with the wire brush. Really. I'm starting it off with the wire brush. That's yeah. Okay. All right. Speaking of wire brush, we weren't here yesterday because we were looking and, and going over and combing through everything. And it is wall to wall Trump indictment everywhere. And I, I really, I just, I don't, I don't care. I know that I, sh I, I probably should care. Should, shouldn't I? Am I supposed to care? Or, or something? Am I, am I supposed to care about that? Because it is unprecedented, whether it's it's real or concocted. It is it is unprecedented because in our entire history in the U.S., that's never been done to a president, current or former. So it is unprecedented and it is historic. So I, I guess maybe I'm supposed to pay attention to that or, or something. I, I, I don't know just because of that aspect of it. But the research that you and I are doing, and, and we spent, I think, probably three or four hours yesterday researching and talking on other things mm -hmm. having to do with the root cause of all of this. And yep. so as a result of that, and I, I, I do apologize, I, I guess, to, to the listener, I do apologize because the lens that we're now looking through and observing everything and, and the, the research that we're doing to go down this road, because we're way off the reservation here from everybody else. We're way out in the weeds on this one. So it's very difficult for me to, to look at the the things that are going on, because I'm like, I'm past that, if that makes any sense. I'm beyond that now. I, I just look at that as, okay, distraction, don't care, moving on, because I want to get to the root of this problem. I want to deal with the real culprits behind this problem. And I'm talking about all of this, the, the people that have been reverse infiltrating all of our institutions for the better part of a half century or more. I want to find out what's going on for real. I don't want to sit here and just go over the same thing day in and day out. I, I want to get to the real problem behind all of this and uh, the real driving force behind all of this. That requires study. 
It's not just as simple as a one and, and done kind of thing in an afternoon. People come to me and they, they ask me about the things that we're looking into. And I say, I can't explain it to you because there's there's so many different levels of complexity. And then all of that and each layer of that is wrapped in a layer of disinformation and deception. And so in order to decipher that, you have to be able to do like studying. You, you have to go deep into a, a subject. And so when somebody comes to me and they say, uh, well, dumb it down for me. Don't you understand? That can't be done. That cannot be done. I, I can't just say, uh, by the way, uh, the Berlin Wall coming down was a deception and the Soviet Union collapsing. That was a deception. And they just look at you and they say, oh, like all of a sudden that just magically clicks in their head and they don't know. They don't understand what that means. They don't understand that we are where we are because the wrong lessons were learned and the wrong decisions have been made. And that has shaped our policy for the last three decades. And it's all been based on the wrong things. And so it's landed us in this problem now. When I say that people are their own worst enemy, they don't know what they don't know, if that makes sense. And that's where I'm at. That's where we're at. We're looking at things that are going on day to day on the Russian side of things, as in like their mainstream media, that's very difficult to find because of all of the agendas that we're wrapped up into. And to look at it, it is so easy to now just pick apart and to see just all of the lies and deception that's being shoveled out there. But because of dialectics, because of the agendas, because Biden and companies for Ukraine, you have to be against it, right? That's where we are because of the agenda. It's ridiculous. And all of a sudden, because they're for Ukraine, you're for Vladimir Putin. You're for Russia. Mm -hmm. Let me ask this question, okay? Bruce, let, let me just, I'll ask you this, right? And we haven't discussed this. This was not a prep conversation or anything like that. Let me just ask you this as, as it relates to the, the Russia-Ukraine situation, because everybody on the alternative is against everything that's going on in Ukraine, and they're all for Putin because he's criminalizing homosexual marriage or something. I, I don't know. But they think he's some Christian man and he's a savior and all the rest of that stuff. I'm, I'm serious. That's what they believe. So let me ask you this. Mm. Do you or do you not approve of our, as in our, in the U.S., do you or do you not approve of our current ruling politicians in our government? I'm not talking about the system. I'm talking about the politicians that represent us, quote, represent us within that system. Do you or do you not agree that these people are for supporting the United States and its people? Or do you believe that they are actively working against we the people? They're actively working against we the people. All right. So we've established Both that. Sides. Both sides. Both yes. sides. That, yeah, not, yes. Not being biased Clarify. here, right? Yeah. I, I agree. So let me ask you this. If a foreign country, say, for example, I'm just I'm just saying here, right? I'm not saying this is going to happen. Of course, they actually they've planned for this, but I'm, just, I'm not saying this is going to happen. God, I hope it doesn't. But let's say that China or Russia actually pulled off a land invasion into the United States, as in they made landfall and they're being successful and they're they're making headway across the country militarily. OK, okay? Mm -hmm. are you or are you not given your position? And I agree with your position. So given our position on our standpoint of our elected officials in our government, are you or are you not going to fight for your country, not for the people in the government, but for your country? Yeah, I would fight for my country. Sure. Okay, I would I mean, too. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, if China's China or Russia's uh, invading, they're making headway. Yeah, damn the people in D.C. We're going to stand up. We're going to defend our homes. We're going to defend our, our families, our communities, our states. And then when we're done with repelling the Russians and the Chinese or whoever it is that's assaulting, we're then going to have trials and investigations on the politicians to see how they were involved with pushing these. Um, OK, uh, destroying us. That, that, that would be my life's work. And that's a fair assessment. That that is a fair assessment. I, I can't say that I disagree with that. Again, we didn't discuss this previous. I'm I'm asking you this right now. And so this is my point is we need to be able to make the distinction when it comes to Ukraine. I genuinely believe, and I'm not signing on to these these lunatics that are in our political offices here in the West, you know, saying rah rah Ukraine. Let's be clear. The things that they should be giving the Ukrainians, that's not going to help them. Tanks are ineffective in Ukraine, or haven't you noticed? They're not effective in that country. They never have been, going all the way back to the Second World War. They're not effective. So why are we giving them? As a matter of fact, we haven't even given, like they haven't even taken delivery on the Abrams yet. Not a single one. Now we're talking about giving them F-16s? That's not going to help them. What they need is ammunition if you're going to give them something. We gave them 12 HIMARS, 12, and that changed the momentum altogether. You remember how they were supposed to, the Russians were supposed to roll over Ukraine in two weeks? Mm, yep. Those 12 high Mars actually flipped it back the other way and nobody expected it. So now the people here are now jammed up and they have to be against Putin and the people on the alt-right because we're in the dialectic. They're against the establishment. So therefore they have to be for what Putin is doing. You see? Yeah. We have to be able to make the distinction. I truly believe that the Ukrainian, not Zelensky and his crew, I mean, they still have a lot of Russian infiltration within that government. Remember, the 2014 revolution was supposed to get rid of all that. The people that were actually in that government fled to Moscow. They're still there. They still have problems with it. Every government on this planet is corrupt. I don't care which government it is. Some more corrupt than others. So don't tell me that there's a whole lot of corruption in Ukraine. Of course there are. There's a whole lot of corruption here, or haven't you noticed that? So we have to be able to make the distinction. I believe that the average Ukrainian is fighting for his country. I truly believe that. I agree. I I think the average Ukrainian believes and is trying to fight for their country. I think they fully believe that that's what they're doing. Uh, Removing completely the political side of things, the, you know, the the politicians and all of that. um, I think they truly believe they are fighting for their country. Yeah, I agree. Yes. And it would not be any different. Again, I'm making the comparison here because I'm trying to put us in the same situation. I don't give a damn what those idiots in D.C. are doing. I'm fighting for the people in my circles. I'm fighting for the freedom in in my place, in my country. That's what I'm doing if I'm in that situation. The hell with those people. The hell with those politicians. You see, we're lumping everything into one. And no one's taking that into consideration. It, it It's also uh, to, to kind of revamp the analogy that was being used about um, Russia and China attacking us. In in comparison, it's it's more like Canadians coming in and attacking America because they're essentially the same people. Uh, they're they're more or less the same ideology wise. Now, Canada isn't anymore. Uh, but classically, Canada is is Western, but Canada's going more authoritarian. Uh, yeah, but they're what you're saying is is that they're descendants from Anglo-Saxons as well, so they're right. they're Europeans as right. well. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so it'd be more akin to Canada coming in and attacking us, and then the people standing up in, in the U.S. Uh, themselves creating a militia, more or less, and and fighting, and then having the rest of the world throw weapons 
at at Ukraine. Yeah, yeah I, and, I'm. And you're going to tell like you're, you're going to tell me, you know, a, a red blooded American that comes from a family heritage of, of pride and fighting for freedom. You're going to tell me and don't don't get me wrong, just because I'm not in the U.S., that doesn't mean I wouldn't do the same damn thing where I'm at because I sure as hell would. And I damn well plan on it. So you're going to tell me that if I'm in that situation and everybody else that are willing to stand up and defend people and fight for freedom, you're telling me that I should give that up. You're telling me that that because of the agenda, I should just give in to that. No, you dropped dead. I got no interest in hearing that argument. What happened to nuance? Uh, I, I mean, seriously, it, it, it used to be a thing to where here in the United States, there was nuance. You you would have Democrats that were, yeah, OK, we disagreed with them. But if you if you got in uh, to the nuance of it, it was only minor differences a lot of times. And in fact, it's still the case. Most Democrats and Republicans, the people actually agree on the same problems. Again, the fighting point is where we disagree on uh, how to solve the problem that we both see. So, and that that gap is widening now. As you said, the dialectic, because of that, it's pushing both sides away from each other. Though it, it's only pushing them away in the sense of, it, it's like a separation of family or something, right? You're, you're, you're all family. You're all of the same mind, more or less. Uh, you you more or less agree uh, with, uh, with the Bill of Rights. Uh, you're just getting further apart because you think there's some kind of feud, but bad blood between the two of you because of a dialectic. Uh, but it plays to the disinformation campaigns. That's what it comes down to. If we didn't have the active measures, if we didn't have the disinformation campaigns being waged and the scissor strategy being played on both sides by Russia and China, using their transmission belts, such as the bought off compromised politicians, the reverse infiltrated intelligentsia, academia more specifically, the mainstream media and social media. If we didn't have these things shoved in front of everybody's faces every single day, you wouldn't see this kind of division. You wouldn't see this kind of uh, this kind of aggravation across the country you w- and Agreed. across the Western world. You just wouldn't see it. Mm. No, it, it wouldn't exist. Uh, I mean, it would it would more or less be 20, 30 years ago. Uh, uh, what what that was? I mean, you you would be you know kind of a tit for tat. You you know you take your pound of flesh, we we take our pound of flesh. You know, and and little little arguments, but more or less, we're we're not trying to destroy one another or the country or countries. Uh, you know, uh, as it currently is now, that they're they're trying to destroy the West. Uh, at least that's what we were being shown on the surface. All the stuff that was going on behind the scenes. 20, 30 years ago was all preparation for exactly what's going on now. They, they were, they were prepping all the, God, I, I, I was, uh, listening to some of, uh, because the, the Unabomber just committed, uh, suicide or was murdered, whichever one we don't know and won't know because that just happened recently. Uh, I did a little bit more research into that. That was before my time. Uh, you know, before I was politically aware or any of that kind of stuff, knew nothing about it. Well, you knew the bomb, uh, obviously that that happened. Yeah, down the road from you. So I mean, obviously everybody's yeah. heard of that. Yeah, but yes, yeah. Uh, but breaking it down and uh, uh, which supposedly he also died on the same day at, uh, of Timothy McVeigh's birthday. But anyway, uh, is ironic. Uh, but anyway, ironic. um, uh, I, I, some Epstein, of his. Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's definitely questionable. I'm not saying I agree with the guy's quotes or anything or or agree with the guy. But if you listen to his quotes, he nailed exactly what the Democrats would do 30 years ago. 
in his writings. He, he had some like 40 some thousand uh, word diary or something like that. I don't know. I don't, it, it, massive diary. And in there, he described how uh, Democrats at the time were technophobes, more or less. They were against technology. Still but he are. said if that it, sort of because here, here's what he, he predicted. He said if Democrats, he first of all, he laid out how uh, uh, back in the 90s, uh, 80s and 90s, things were shifting. They were um, shifting into more of a uh, communist mindset. And he predicted that Democrats, if they ever gained control of technology, if they ever gained control or, or the uh, reins of that, they, they themselves could be still technophobes, not know how to use it. But if they get, gained the regulatory powers over it, they would then use that to go against um, not just Republicans, but try to more or less overthrow everything. Uh, it, what we're seeing exactly right now, he predicted. Um, and that is all to say he was actually, uh, one, he was in an intelligent individual, first of all. But second of all, this has been going on for a long time behind the scenes. That that was mainly my point. And uh, the, just the because of the news and the Unabomber and everything, uh, that just kind of tied together. But anyway, this has been going on for a long time. And even though back, God, I, I remember the whole Bill Clinton thing, how it was, uh, I did not have sex with that one. Uh, uh, that was the big, that was the big deal, right? That was the worst thing that a president had ever done, blah, blah, blah. At the time, you know, in the, in the time period, that's the stuff they were saying. And yet I would much rather that now. Okay. So you, you had sex with an aide at the white house. Oh, okay. I, I mean, at this point, I don't, that is so minor now. So uh, that's a non-issue at this point. I would rather that be the worst that we're dealing with than what we're dealing with now. Now we're legitimately infiltrated. That what you were talking about, how to try to explain this to people. If you boil it down, if you try to explain, yeah, the everything's been for show about the, the Soviet Union collapsing and uh, your entire apparatus is infiltrated. They just look at you like you're some conspiracy nut, right? Because, I mean, when you try to distill it down and, and you, you don't go into the details of uh, where all the information came from, the papers, all of that, it, it, it exactly as you said, uh, people just don't understand. And that's interesting what you say about a, a conspiracy nut. Do you know the people on the political right, as in I'm not talking the far right, forget that, right? Get that out of your head. The conservative right, even down to the independently minded conservative right, that used to be classically, that used to be the anti-communist mindset. And so we don't have that anymore. Remember, because of this, communism collapsed, right? Collapsed, right? Because of that, because of the collapse of the Soviet Union, and everything that preceded that, the collapse of the Berlin Wall, you know, the tearing down of the Berlin Wall, the defeat in Afghanistan in the early 80s, all of that was a pretext to set up the fake collapse of the Soviet Union. They removed the enemy so you could no longer be an anti-communist. Now you're a conspiracy theorist. That's what you are now. So you're no longer an anti-communist. Now you're a conspiracy theorist. And so people are asking, why aren't we charging Biden, Obama, Bush, Clinton, the, these people? Why aren't we charging them with treason? They're just talking impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. Well, in order to charge somebody with treason, you have to be able to name the enemy. Who's the enemy? Remember, there is no enemy. They took the enemy away. They changed the game. So 
if they are no longer the enemy, right? Because you can't say, well, they're colluding with the enemy. Okay, Russia is not a defined enemy, according to the last 30 years, nor is China. China's a partner, remember? We're doing business with China. God knows why. Communist China. They're not the enemy. They're the partner. So you can't charge them with treason unless, unless. Now think on this one. We did talk about this one in prep. Think on this. I'm curious because in 2012, Obama was sitting on that stage with Dmitry Medvedev. You remember? Yeah, he was sitting on that stage. And yeah, I, I just so happen, yeah, the hot mic incident. I just so happened to have the clip, and I'm going to play it because we keep it on tap here. President at the time, Barack Obama, and pre- then then President Dmitry Medvedev sitting on the stage in 2012. 2012. Okay, so 11 years ago, 2012. <laughs> My last election, basically. Yeah. After my election, I have more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I transmit this information to Vladimir and understand. I understand. This is my last election. Look, just we were in the middle of uh, nuclear negotiations with the Russians at the time. Look, th- this is my last election. Just just tell Vladimir I'll, I'll give him what he wants, but I need to get through this last election. I understand. I, I'll transmit this information to Vladimir. I stand with you. That wasn't supposed to be public. All of the sudden, as if somebody on the bridge of an aircraft carrier said, bring us about everybody in the West. Everybody, all the politicians in in Germany, in the UK, in France, in Italy, in Canada, in the US, everybody said, we got to flip this back around. All of a sudden, the next election cycle, who comes along coming down the escalator? Make America great again. Donald Trump. Right. Believe me, no fan of the guy these days. But nonetheless, here he comes. And lo and behold, what is he? Well, he becomes a Russian agent. Hold on a minute. You've been doing business with the Russians all of your political careers. Look at Obama and his connection back to Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, the Weather Underground. They were hooked up with the Cubans, the Sandinistas, and the KGB and the Palestinians. Then you had the Clinton connection, Robert Mueller, Uranium One, giving the North Koreans nuclear material. Mueller himself was the bag man on the airport tarmac. And he's running the Trump-Russia collusion investigation? We've had 10 years of now all of a sudden the conservative side of the aisle are colluding with Russia. It's unbelievable. And because of the dialectic, we're now, as, as the people on the alternative, now all of a sudden, well, we support Putin. What? Have we been so forgetful? Now here's what's going to happen. Let me explain to you what's going to come next. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to flip this agenda around now on the Chinese is what they're going to do. And I'm curious to see how they're going to do it because this is going to be funny. Uh, especially because of the whole situation with Taiwan. We, we've sent, uh, what was it, a billion and a half, I believe, of uh, equipment to Taiwan now or mm-hmm. at least funding to them for defense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, yeah. And we're drawing up plans right now to evacuate our citizens and our embassy staff and, and all the rest of it because we're going to have another uh, Afghanistan, apparently. Oh and, oh, and Xi Jinping is referring to Okinawa as the uh, the Okinawa prefecture now. Apparently, that's not part of Japan any longer because after they do the Taiwan thing, they're just going to move north and they're just going to go that way, you see. But anyway, they're going to flip this around on the conservative right again on the alternative right. They're going to flip it around on the Republicans now that they're the ones that are colluding with the Chinese, right? Even though you've got Biden and company, all of them, right, in bed with the Chicoms, in bed with the Russians, 
they're going to flip this around now on their political opposition. Now, why is this important? This is important because we have to look at this in historical context. If you're going along with all this, if you're playing their stupid little game here, if you can't be objective about this and see through the propaganda and through the bull, you're going to fall victim to it. So let me explain how this is going to go. If we somehow or another, which I don't see how it's avoidable at this point, if we somehow or another end up in a hot war with Russia and China, which we're doing right now, we're just not shooting at each other just quite yet. They will use these agendas to go after their political opposition. Case and point. Let me explain. What would have happened to you? Bruce, I'll let you jump in here. What would have happened to you if you were an American citizen or a citizen of Britain during the years 1935 to 1945, if you would have been walking around waving a Nazi flag or a Japanese flag, what would have happened to you? Uh, you would have been locked up. And in fact, here in the United uh -huh. States, you, you didn't even have to do anything wrong. You just had to be the wrong uh, ancestry and you were thrown into a concentration camp. So, yes. So using that... As precedent, because we love to make rules on precedent now, don't we? Using that as a precedent, because that's what they're going to do. If we get to this point, make no mistake about this. They are now going to, because the agenda will flip, all of a sudden, you're colluding with Russia and China if you're on the right. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Like, this is where we are. This is the scissor strategy that people just don't get. And to see it coming from the alternative media side drives me bonkers. It drives me crazy to see that people on the conservative side can't see this. To that, uh, before now that we're kind of uh, a, a long ways away from it now, I do have a few comments on the whole. Uh, let me let me let me do it this way. I want to commend. I, I do want to commend Trump. I know we, we rag on him a lot lately. But there's one thing that I've heard lately that I have not heard from anyone else. He's actually been talking about how the communists are the problem. He has been pointing the finger to the correct individuals. So I will commend him there. I, I don't like the stuff that he did with, uh, you know, warp speed and the the, the last year of his uh, presidency. Really, he only served uh, as president for three years because the fourth year was Fauci and Burks. But, um, well, and the, the other thing is, is God, there's so much that I, I sincerely hope you as a listener is, are, are not considering Trump as, as their um, candidate because um, you think he's going to uh, drain the swamp. He was president for a time, right? I think so, yeah. Did, Last did, four years. Did he... Uh, did he get screwed over by the uh, deep state at all during that time period? Only every single day. Okay. What was his re retaliation against that? What did he do? Um, he tweeted. Yeah, that, that he had mean tweets. That was it. He did. He didn't yeah. do anything. He didn't do crap. So I do have that I clip, sincerely, though. If you'd like okay. for me to play it really quickly, just for reference. Sure. sure. At the end of the day, either the communists win, destroy America, or we destroy the communists, because that's what they are. They may go by a different. And that's right. I, again, I'm not not a fan of him. But what he just said there, that one liner, that's absolutely right. He's on point. I, I don't think he fully understands the depth of what he just said, though. That's the thing is he meant Democrats. Yeah, is yeah, what he was right. saying. The, the crazy right. Democrats. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he doesn't understand that it's much deeper. Oh, than just deeper. Democrats. Oh, boy, is it deeper? Yeah. This, this goes way back. And this, like I said, I started learning about this almost 15 years ago. 
and I'm still learning and I'm reading this stuff all the time. I mean, I'm in this stuff just about every day. You know, I mean, I'm, I collaborate with you just about every day on yeah. all this stuff, even when we're yeah. not recording. We're talking about it for sometimes two, three hours or texting or or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yep. we're learning more. We're looking now into how the the Soviets took over terrorism. And I'm not saying that they were just passing a couple of AKs here and there. No, they took over everything. I mean, everything, all of it. They left no stone unturned from about the mid 60s onward. What should that tell you? What have we been doing for the last two decades? I'll just leave it at that because we've got more work to do. I don't know if you want to segue into another uh, topic. Uh, yes, please, because I could go on about this all night. So yeah, go on. Okay. Um, so part of the reason I brought up Trump is I did want to kind of touch on the indictment thing. I know we've been kind of okay. avoiding it because yeah, it's, go on. Yeah, go on. It's it's nonsense. So basically, three indictments right now. One in Manhattan, one in Miami, and one in D.C. I contend that he's going to lose uh, the Manhattan one. He's going to be charged with at least one felony there. Uh, there's up to 37 in that one. Uh, if he gets charged with all the felony counts, uh, I believe it is 100 years, I think, or something like that. I think, I think that was the Manhattan one. The Miami one is related to the documents that were in Mar-a-Lago. He'll probably... He will have a fair trial there because the left is they're going apoplectic because the uh, judge of that one is actually a Trump appointee and she's been pretty good uh, so far. So it's possible he'll have a good trial on that one. But then the D.C. one, my understanding is that is the January 6th one. Uh, and he will again, he'll lose that one. They'll, they'll find something on there. So then the rhetoric will be Trump is a felon. Uh, and people are, are, you know, but the, the deplorables, you know, the Hillary Clinton thing, the deplorable, yeah, it, it, they'll just do it again, yeah. rebrand it. Okay. Here's a curveball. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just saying, here's just a crazy idea. Here's a curveball. Who's the current president of the United States right now? Well, officially, um, yes. Biden is. It's Biden, right? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he is signing bills. He is signing executive orders and all the rest of it. So he is currently the uh, the occupier in chief at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. What if he pardons Trump? Now, hear me out on this one. What if he pardons Trump? And the reason I say he pardons Trump is because that will give him political cover to pardon him and his son on the same thing. It's possible. Um, that That's very possible. Um, I'm just I'm just saying I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just I'm thinking here. I'm thinking on my feet. And that that comes to mind. That is I, I don't know if I don't know if Biden has enough clarity of thought to play that that game of checkers. Um, and I, I, I don't mean that as a diss towards what you're proposing, but a diss that Biden I don't even think. He's not playing chess. He's playing checkers. And I don't even think he realizes he's playing checkers at this he's point. He's playing Chinese you know? checkers. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, but the the indictments, this is this is the problem with. The, OK, so the I'll, I'll specifically go over the mar -Logo one because we did talk about the Manhattan one already. That one was a bunch of BS that had to do with like he paid off Stormy Daniels, uh, the porn star thing, whatever. And uh, it, it basically had her sign an NDA and she violated the NDA uh, now. Uh, he didn't way. even he didn't even do it, though. Like he, he didn't no. even pay him off. It was somebody else that paid him off on his behalf. And he didn't even yeah. know about it. The, the the lawyer paid him off and paid off Stormy Daniels. And 
the, the the thing is is the the way it was done it's all it's all legally like it's on the up and up when it comes to politics there there wasn't any illegal action there the the things that they're purporting is there was 37 counts of him doing that one time that that that's basically what it is okay anyway miami uh, the situation there with the Mar-a-Lago raid, what they're contending is not that Trump was basically committing treason. Okay. So if you read the, uh, indictment, the first like 40 paragraphs or something like that, they're laying out all this evidence. That's not actually evidence. They're not actually saying this is what we're uh, accusing him of or charging him with. It is all just like a preamble, if you will. They're talking about things like one of the things in there was um, they're they're saying that he was uh, talking to a reporter who was uh, working on a, a biography or whatever of Trump and uh, possibly another staffer. And he was either had revealed or was going to reveal top secret information to them. But again, there, this is all just hearsay. There is no actual evidence that he did this. Nonetheless, what's really being charged is he improperly uh, transported or uh, something like that, uh, top secret documents. That's basically what it was, more or less. Did I read this on air or did I just read this to you uh, off air? I don't remember. the. Um... Well, we haven't talked about anything involving the indictment yet, so I'm betting that you haven't read it on air. So Okay, so this was, this was something that uh, Mark Levin said here, uh, who is, uh, he does have law degrees. He is, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see if I can find it again. Uh, it was a Twitter post that he had posted. Uh, so it was a Bill Barr did a interview, and basically he was he was saying that uh, the information that was given uh, or, or the evidence that was presented on the uh, indictment uh, basically is a smoking gun, and Trump is going to lose. Blah blah blah. Whatever. What his response was, more or less, was the fact that. If you go by his standard, if you go by um, Bill Barr's standard, if you so much as transported documents, so he he put it back towards Bill Barr and and asked the question, did you ever read top secret information uh, documents uh, between your transit between you know your office and your home? Did you ever do that? Because if you did, you're you're in violation of the Espionage Act. Did you ever do a written document? telling your aides how to handle certain files in writing, because if you didn't, that's a violation. If you did, that's technically also a violation because you're telling them you're allowing your aides to handle top secret documents without the clearance. Uh, so in other words, what they're doing is they're stretching the law. And and uh, when it comes to the president, the president is the well, he's he's the only individual that is capable of saying this document is declassified and it is declassified. The, the, there is nobody that can stop him from declassifying any file that he wants. Yeah. All he has to say is literally all he has. He doesn't have to file any paperwork or any of that. Just say this just is declassified. Say, yeah, it's, and this it's is declassified. Problem, yeah. That's the way it is. So all that to say, this is a load of male bovine excrement, a steaming pile of it. They're going after him when Pence is guilty of this. Biden is guilty of this. Biden is guilty of this on like far higher levels than what Trump is. Biden didn't have the clearance to possess those files. The other argument that's going around is part of what's in the indictment is he was taking the the files and not returning them to 
the archives. Here's the problem. Those files are all digital. What Trump had is a copy. It's a photocopy. It is a printed out. In other words, there's multiple copies of it. They already had the co- the the main uh, the archive, so that that's a non-argument in and of itself. Yeah, and I I also heard one of these legal analysts, one of these idiots, they bring on on one of these panels on the mainstream media, and they said that uh, they're looking at files that have classified markings on them, and it's like, well, h- hold on a minute. I mean, so that, how is that any different than than me writing down just gibberish on a piece of paper? And getting a stamp made with red ink that says classified, and I just stamp it on there. I mean, how's that any different? Then you can just say, well, I've got something with a classified marking on it. That's yeah. like, that's what they're trying to do here is that. Yeah. yeah, this is all this is all a load of. And BS. if you have and if you have something that is if, if you're looking at a, at a legitimate declassified file, as in publicly available, as in like the the National Archives, you go there and you find something that was past its, quote, expiration date, and it's now declassified. For example, if you look up the Sidewinder Project, and anybody that's listening to us in Canada, do not do that because it is still illegal for you to possess that document in Canada. That was classified by the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. That was classified by them in the 90s. It became available later on. It was declassified. The markings are still on it, even though the document is publicly available. It said classified, and then later it was stamped over top of it, declassified, you know, or secret, and then it was, you know, declassified with stamp on top of it. That right there, if you possess a photocopy of it, that's the same thing that, that they're trying to make here. That's the same comparison they're trying to make here. Yeah. So all this to say, we have a lot of individuals nowadays that have released top secret information and nothing has happened. Nothing. They, they have had Hillary Clinton. We've heard about the email scandal. Yeah. And how they were top secret documents. But see, now, if you if you go by the uh, example you were just using, the, the, the lawyer saying that they had uh, classified written on there or, you know, it, it had. Uh, see, Hillary Clinton got around that. And a lot of the top secret documents, they actually cropped that part out. So it didn't actually say top secret or classified. Yeah, so, so it wasn't that, that's classified. It was just on so a, the dead was, drop server in her bathroom. You know, that one. Exactly. Yeah. See, it wasn't classified. Um, but nothing happened to her. We have people in uh, news media now that were part of administrations that leaked documents. And there was actually a, a gotcha moment for McCarthy, which ah, political theater, but it was well done political theater. When you have a law and you don't uphold the law equally, it is no longer a law. It is now a tyranny. That's what's happening here. They're saying there's a law that Trump broke when there's clear evidence of the law being broken by other politicians and bureaucrats and nothing being done. And now when Trump takes a photocopy of a a document, uh, now they're wanting to uh, clap him in irons. No, this is tyranny. So for you, uh, the listener, this is irrelevant because what I what I mean by that is this. If they present stacks and stacks, video, audio, I, I, whatever. They, they lay on the evidence and they have all the smoking gun evidence. It does not matter because if a law is not applied equally, it is tyranny. This law is not being applied uh, equally. So it, it, it doesn't matter. I think you just explained in in everything that you you just talked on there, which bravo, by the way, everything that you laid out there, that just affirms why I dismiss all of it, because we're tied up in in this and this is all a non-issue. 
I'm not saying that what you just explained is a non-issue. It is an issue. But again, we need to be making the distinction here. None of what you just explained should even be going on. That shouldn't even be happening, yeah, exactly. let alone having the conversation about it because it is happening when it shouldn't be. Yeah. That's why I dismiss it. So people are saying, well, what, why aren't you talking about the Trump indictment? Because of what you just said. That's why I'm not talking about it, because that's what they want everybody to talk about. I want to talk about the real root cause of this problem. I want the root cause of this problem fixed so we don't have this problem. Yep, yep. So until we do that, too. yeah, until we do that, until we, we start getting some concrete call outs in the alternative media, I'm not interested, not even remotely. Yep. I will continue and we will continue to go down our roads of research here and we will continue to study the actual root cause of this problem and we will bring it to you as best we can. And that's the commitment that I can give to people. I would also suggest if you are a Trump individual, I suggest you take a hard look at the other possible candidates because they will not allow Trump to run. It, it just it won't happen. So you may want to look into DeSantis. That's the better option, in my opinion. Uh, what is it? Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, he's. Oh, and the North Dakota governor, whatever his yeah, name is. No, you can't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, whatever his name was. Um, yeah, I forget. Yeah, that guy. Uh, but you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Vivek is he's he's OK ish. But, you know, this is my opinion. That is my opinion. I want you, the listener, to look into it yourself. Find out the politician that you like the best. Again, politician, but find out which one you like the best and go with that one. Because Trump, I don't think you're going to be allowed to vote for him. That's a great conversation. I think we can end it there, barring anything else. That's all I got. All right. We will be back here tomorrow with Marty. I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great evening.